0: Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash business growth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast uh, continues to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to. Uh, and is gaining recognition as a great resource for small business owners, sales professionals, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, leaders in business um, of all sorts. And uh, that's really because of the guests. Uh, These are folks who bring their expertise to the conversation they have with me so that you all can get educated on the things that you want to know about that you can take back in your business so you can do better things. Today is no exception. My guest today is Karen Eldad, certified personal and executive coach, organizational leadership consultant, and speaker. Karen is the founder of With Enthusiasm Coaching. She's an executive coach of superstars famed for her work with overachievers and is a trusted advisor to industry-leading executives acclaimed entrepreneurs who are setting records at the top of their fields, and top organizations like Beyond Capital, Luxottica, Van Cleef & Arpels, YPO, LVMH, and IWC. Powerhouses like these tap Karen to help them make significant breakthroughs in the profitable growth of their business while revitalizing their energy and defining the meaning of their entire lives. Thanks so much for joining me today, Karen.
2: Thank you, Diane. It's a real pleasure to be here with you. You know what I got a real kick out of was, of course, not hearing my bio for the 7 millionth time, but the fact <laughs> that today is sponsored by Audible. I am probably their number one customer in the
0: world. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> amazing. What that's wonderful. Done
2: for my life.
0: Yeah, I mean, where would we be without them? We'd I- ha- We'd have to read, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that's, uh, it's not just that. You know, the truth is some of the versions of the book, I'm, I'm a huge, huge reader, um, but sometimes the Audible version is better. For example, I am i think I'm probably most obsessed right now with Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari. And that book is read by a, by a snooty British guy. And it's so fantastic. The Audible version trumps the book.
0: Oh boy. I, you know what? I totally get that. Sometimes hearing it makes all the difference in how you absorb the content. All the difference oh, in the completely, world. Completely, completely. Yep, yep, I totally get that. <laughs> so that's a good start. Okay. So so yes, and, and thank you for that. Um I am you know, we all love them. Now I um am really excited about this conversation that, that we are about to have about the superstar paradox. But I want to start with asking you how you define an overachiever.
2: Well, that's a tricky question, right? Because overachiever is generally just a person of intense ability, a person of extraordinary ability, a person of extraordinary achievement. That's a regular, de- a common definition of overachiever. But I, in particular, am looking not only of the people of extraordinary achievement, you know, the people with the hallmarks of success, I'm looking um, Usually when I say overachiever, I mean people who are extraordinarily resourceful, very, very adept at reaching goals. Um, They don't take no for an answer and uh, they think in a way that is not, um, doesn't need help in the focus and management department, if you will. So if, if for the majority of the population, if you're a coach, you'll encounter a lot of issues with follow through, the overachiever does not have these issues. And that's that's exactly where I zoom in on them personality wise.
0: Okay, so oh, okay, so overachievers don't have trouble with um, accomplishing things because that's like their focus is actually getting things done.
2: Exactly. If anything, their problem is with overwhelm, but they don't have a problem
0: getting things done in general. Got it. Okay. So how is that different from being a perfectionist?
2: A perfectionist beats themselves up for not reaching those things. Perfectionism is related to narcissism disorder. It, uh, it's, it sounds like a great thing. We've been conditioned to say it in job interviews as a good thing, but it's not a good thing. Perfectionism is like having an inner bully in your head that's beating you up for falling short.
0: Oh, God, I can see that.
2: And that's very different from the motivation to achieve. Now they are related and, and perfectionism is certainly something that you see in uh, overachievers, of course, but yeah. not necessarily so.
0: Right, okay. So a perfectionist could, could very easily not be an overachiever. They want to, they just can't.
2: Yes. Oh, and you meet them all the time. You meet them all the time. There are people, for example, yeah. I'm so sorry about the barking. I have many animals. That's okay. Um, but, you know, for those who love animals, this is what happens, right?
0: Um, exactly.
2: <laughs> the, 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 and I'm not a perfectionist, so it doesn't bother me. Um, you meet a lot of perfectionists all the time. I, I have certainly met a lot of perfectionists who, because of their perfectionists, are not overachievers. Think about it. If you're completely obsessed with doing things perfectly and without missing a beat and without making a mistake, man, you are not
0: going to accomplish a lot. So, wow, that's a great point.
2: That's 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 a starter stopper, as I like to say. It doesn't get you anywhere, and I meet mean, a lot of people who suffer from this. It's called analysis paralysis, and that is perfectionism. That's what perfectionism does. I can't do it ah. like this. I I can't take any risk of failure because that's going to kill me. Overachievers, for the most part, uh, can either mitigate their perfectionism or limit it to one arena. The, the conditions from which they suffer are much more status related in my, um, in my experience than they are perfectionism related.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So, so they are, they're achieving um, the things they put their mind to because they, because of how it makes them feel?
2: Because it's their identity.
0: That's their identity. That's so interesting.
2: You know, many that I've seen, um, and I've, I've really, I coined the phrase "superstar paradox to describe a condition that was so interesting to me because I'm coaching people who make millions of dollars a year and still find themselves in rather unhappy situations. And the, the many effects that you see come down to a few, like mostly they're buying into success only as it relates to power or money or status. So the identity is formed around that, right? And then they, they also create all these self-imposed benchmarks uh, of what success looks like, and that's again, identity. All of the derivatives of that, like perfectionism, which includes um, being really, really scared of making mistakes, is, is a derivative, but it's not why they're going there why they're going there is because this is who they believe they need to be in order to be accepted and loved
0: but they're not happy well
2: if you think that you need to become accepted and loved and it yeah. depends on the opinions of others i mean you're only going to feel happy probably 30% of the time people are very finicky <laughs> I'll give you an example. I just gave a TED Talk two days ago, as I mentioned to you before, and I think I did great, and my mom thinks I did great, but I'm pretty sure there were a couple of people in the audience who were like, who is this girl?
0: Yeah. If
2: you depend on other people's opinions, you're not going to be very satisfied for very long.
0: Yeah, yeah, right, right. Okay, so... Our, our, um, so this feels like there, there's, I mean, quite frankly, personally, I can see a lot of downside to being an overachiever, but I'm wondering from your standpoint, uh, what the downsides are. So it sounds like one is not necessarily being very happy very much of the time.
2: Yes. That's the biggest downside. The biggest downside is you sacrifice your happiness and all overachievers are to a certain extent ex- uh, sacrificing their happiness and their peace of mind. But let's talk first about the upside, Dan. Why, why would you stay if you sacrifice anything? The upside is clear. It's what got you quote unquote here, what got you to your success, to your car, to your spouse, to your position in life, to your ranking in society, to your achievement. So you, became very, you become very heavily dependent on those things. You became very action oriented because action gets you those achievements. Unfortunately, like me, like Ariana Huffington, like lots of people who are former overachievers and love talking about it, you become exhausted, uh, burnt out, unhappy, uh, manifest lots of unusual circumstances. I think most of them start with a D, like debt and divorce and uh, disease. Um, you prevent yourself from being vulnerable. This is the key. Thing that you suffer that is what keeps you away from being happy because think about it to present yourself as having it all together I don't need anything from anyone I have all the answers really makes you very um, wide open to attack when you do mess up like a normal human being hmm. um, and I think in generally it also it creates such high standards that it creates isolation and people with yeah. it, High standards of themselves who beat themselves up regularly or don't beat themselves up regularly, but just measure themselves enormously through their achievements and only see the the rest of the world through those achievements can be extraordinarily harsh. And when you're very harsh, you end up being alone at the top. I just read a book called Trillion Dollar Coach about the, the Silicon Valley coach uh, Bill Campbell. And at the end of it was a note from Eric Schmidt, who mm-hmm. you know, the Google superstar. And mm-hmm he said that what he missed the most about his coach was now deceased was that it is very lonely at the top and they need somebody to talk to. And I thought, yeah, that's kind of a circumstance that you box yourself into. And that's another price that uh, many superstars pay. And I believe that that should not be, I've coached the nicest, coolest, warmest, friendliest people on the planet. And they are three steps away from gold and all it takes is a couple of tweaks and an open mind to turn that around and move into service and compassion and genuine joy.
0: Boy, that, that is so great. So do you think that um, that overachievement has sort of become like the gold standard on how to be a superstar in business or life in general?
2: Unfortunately, 100%. I was a little kid in the 80s, and I think overachievement was already celebrated enormously then with you you know, working girl and,
0: um,
2: good and the wall street culture. But I think today you have hustle culture and always on culture and FOMO culture because Instagram is now feeding us how we should live and what our life needs to look like. And if you don't have a yacht, clearly your life is very sad. So (laughs) overachievement has been seen as, as the way to it. And I got to tell you something really interesting, Diane. just last week, I read in the wall street journal, they did a big study in the wall street journal. Um, to to gauge the values of this present generation, Gen Z, versus Gen Xers. And they found that Gen Zers, even millennials, are far less likely to place an enormous premium on getting married or having children as part of their status identity. But all still agree that hard work is the way to go. And that's what overachievement is about. It's about working yourself to the bone and working hard for achievements and depending on those achievements. So it has become the gold standard for success, unfortunately, and we're seeing enormous ramifications from that. We know that mental health is an issue in this country. Um, I could dive into the statistics, but just look at college mental health facilities. I'm also a suicide counselor with Crisis Text Line, and I don't think I've ever seen a night where we didn't have a full queue of people waiting wow. to talk to us.
0: Wow. So. I, so this really, this is so fascinating to me. I mean, this really is a paradox that people think this is the way to go. This is the way to success and happiness and fulfillment. And for many of them, it turns out that it isn't.
2: Yeah, for most of us, it turns out that it, is. it didn't. It sure wasn't. Wow. I did everything right. I went to the right schools. I married a tall guy, as we all know, that's a hallmark of success. And it all ended up going up in flames. It was definitely not, not only not making me happy, but all the choices that were quote unquote right had nothing to do with my personal and authentic preference. So luckily for me, I blew it all up and discovered the best coaches on the planet and got to this point. But um, for any other superstar out there who is just getting really burnt out on overachievement and has ended up with a life that legitimately looks good from the outside, but doesn't feel good. There is a solution. There's a way out. And the beginning of it is to recognize that it's not serving you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Is that a, that sounds like that's a pretty scary proposition.
2: Sure. Cause you have to renounce a lot of stuff. I mean, first of all, there's the sunk cost thing, right? Like I'm the first child in my family. I have more, my parents have sunk more costs into me than the other kids if you spent a lot of time invested in overachieving as your way, your one and only way to true success, you're going to have a hard time believing me that that's really not the way. But once right. you do, and it's, it, all you have to do is recognize it's, it's not actually working, you're just safe, you're just comfortable, you're not happy, um, and how unhappy comfortable can be, by the way, you're, you're going to begin a trip of a lifetime.
0: Yeah, you and I. Well worth. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You and I
2: know is well worth taking. No.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. It sort of feels like um, a situation where you you either have to hit bottom or you, you just have to be so unhappy that you're willing to consider any other approach like you're really willing to say okay maybe this isn't quite working
2: it's very true um I always say pray for a poop storm I'm not going to use a profanity (laughs) Uh, but the reason is uh life will throw something your way if you are not willing to let go of the wheel and really do believe that you have too much to lose by accepting that that a life that feels so so is just not awesome at all and that you're paying enormous price, then believe me, life will shake up your circumstances enough to show you. It's just the way it is.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So it's, it's not something that is sustainable.
2: It's not, it's really not sustainable. Like, I mean, Huffington collapsed on her desk and needed stitches. I went through a huge divorce. Um, A lot of people just end up with the circumstances that will turn them in the right direction. And that's not a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's just uncomfortable. Yeah,
0: right. Right, it's that wake-up call sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. All right. I'm going to take a quick sponsor break so then we can um, continue on.
2: Okay.
0: Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is Audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on Audible.com are Do Business Better by Damian Mason and Breathe to Succeed by Sandy Abrams. So visit Audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're speaking with Karen Eldad about the superstar paradox. Okay, so before we went on the sponsor break, you were saying that um, it's it's doable to, to, you know, change the way we're looking at things and, and sort of do things differently. Will you talk some about, so, so if I'm an overachiever, I'm not, but let's just say I'm an overachiever and I realize I'm not happy, what do I do? How do I get out of it?
2: Well, the first thing, to, if you really realize you're not happy, I promise you, you've done 50%. Good for you. Congratulations. There are so many people who are able and willing to help you there. But there are a couple of concrete things that I can tell all of your listens, listeners who are overachievers or believe that they're overachievers or think that they're overachievers in some categories. And all of us are, to a certain extent, overworking in one arena. I promise you, there are overachieving mothers out there. They're overachieving gardeners out there. They're overachieving parents out there. They're overachieving everything out there. So the first thing that you want to do is to shift your focus from the achievement to happiness. Now, I know that this sounds really, uh, maybe a little bit woo-woo. A lot of people say that they are focused on happiness and a lot of people say that they are happy and that they care very much, that their children are happy. But as Raj Ragunathan showed in his epic book, If you're so smart, why aren't you happy? Or as just taught us in what I consider the best book of 2019, Solve for Happy, most people say that they're focused on happy and they're nowhere near focused on happy. And that makes a lot of sense because nobody taught us at Harvard or our fancy colleges or our school upbringing um, that happiness was an important thing. They taught you a lot of other skills that they pra- placed a premium on, like the sciences and the arts and the math. So, the effort that you're applying so hard to achieve, you should apply to just being happy. And that comes down to making choices that actually make you happy. Aim straight at upliftment. Aim straight at stuff that you actually like to do. Figure out how to help yourself out with the stuff that you don't like so much to do and start working backwards from there because when you start focusing on what makes you happy and looking for things that are making you happy and asking yourself whether or not something makes you happy, as Marie Kondo says, sparks joy, you start reengineering your life. That's the first thing that I would say, Diane. And then the second thing um, I would say is Instead of asking yourself, what am I going to get out of this or only doing things that will get you the achievement or the status or the money or the power, ask, how can I serve? This is a really important one in my personal story, Diane, because when I stopped focusing on how much money I could make or how I could look good on Instagram or how I could figure out a way to untangle from this divorce and ask myself, how can I volunteer? How can I do something for other people? I learned first and foremost to get out of my own head. And that's why I still volunteer with Crisis Text Line. To be very honest with you, it's not just about service, it's about helping other people, which gives you perspective and gives you focus in this life. So maybe you're not called to help people who are suicidal and that's cool, but if you wanna bring peace to the vanguard of your life, you should have an internal revolution and ask what service can I provide? Can I help other people? Can I start a mentoring group? Can I help some friend?" Uh, find a job those little actions they get us really in touch with gratitude and that changes the dynamic of how we live our life does that make sense
0: oh my gosh it makes perfect sense it's so great i'm glad that
2: yeah the last thing i'll I'll give is, is is this if you are a perfectionist overachiever and you know that your happiness is coming because your standards are extremely high and because you're really hard on yourself start practicing speaking to yourself differently. Now for the average person, it's a little comical to think that some people talk to themselves like they're stupid or they can't believe they did that or um, really berate themselves. But for a suicide counselor and a coach, it's really common to hear that people speak this way to themselves. And if it's, if it's you out there, who's, who's speaking this way, then I hope you, listen to the words of Elizabeth Gilbert, who said that perfectionism is just a haute couture way of saying fear. Perfectionism is just a, a fancy way of showing that you're really insecure. And if you stop being hypercritical of yourself and you stop gossiping about others for by being hypercritical of them, you will already mitigate the effects of this enormously in your life and you'll start living a lot happier. And these all sound like relatively, I think, simple things, but There are tweaks, Diane, that redefine, I'm so sorry about the dog. There are tweaks that really redefine the identity of the person who's living through this real struggle and, by the way, who is generally making life miserable for a lot of people around them. They tend to be command and control managers. They tend to be tough to be around at home. Perfectionists and overachievers are really, really hard to live up to as parents. So it has real ramifications and it's definitely worth their while.
0: Yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah, and, and I love that, that, that we have to realize that we're not just impacting ourselves, we're impacting other people at the same time, and, and still not getting what it is we think we want. Yeah, we're
2: really not. I mean, think about the command yeah. control boss who thinks that they're ruling with fear and that they're doing everybody a great service by commanding enormous respect. Well, in the companies that I coach that are like this, and by the way, Machiavelli is alive and well, um <laughs> turnover there are, millennials really can't take it there's uh, huge distress there are mental health issues and you need coaches all the time now i'm really happy to be gainfully employed but why should that be why don't you yeah you happy you're gonna be a lot nicer to other people but here's the best part it's not even about that it's about you living this one life this only life you have fully to your potential, on your purpose, in your authentic terms, with real power.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I love that. That is so great. It is really this, this, these micromanagers and these berating, nasty people, they don't build the business that they think they're supposed to be building. You're right. Millennials really can't stand it. But it, and then when the economy is really good, like it is now, people have an opportunity to get out and yeah. go someplace else where they're appreciated and they can thrive and excel and really have a positive impact on the success of the organization without being beaten up.
2: It's totally true. You know, 40%, I just read in a, in a Forbes article that 40% of the US population is already reporting side hustle on their income tax. That's a huge number. And that I know that that doesn't spell freedom because we know of course that running a business is not easy, but it does spell choices. And yeah. it, it spells choices. You may want to be a little bit more cognizant of how you're speaking to people. And yep. again, it also feels really bad to be mean. It really does. And I think part of the mental distress that I see Uh, when I'm coaching superstars many times is not, forget that they don't put down effective boundaries, is that it physically hurts to be like that. It's awful to be disconnected from a spouse. It's awful to be disconnected from the people that you really, really love and care about. It's awful to know that you're not living in full alignment with who you are and that you're not following your real desires because you're so scared of the ramifications because you got too much to lose. So. This is about resolving well,
0: issues of people. Okay, but I've got to ask you a question about that. Sure. Is it really? Yeah, it's unbearable. And they really feel that way?
2: Absolutely. Wow. Uh, in fact, it's not even about do they feel that way. I could talk to you about neuroscience and, and, um, and all the uh, cardiograms that have been run to essentially prove where the feeling is. The feelings of anger and distress are easy to measure, and they're nowhere near as high as the feelings of joy and fulfillment and contentment. So the, the, the little shots of dopamine that people feel occasionally from uh, success or the outward trappings of success are very, very mitigated. And this is a very interesting question, Diane, because A, so many people say, but Karen, I see this person and he's being a complete douche and he's getting away with it. And I say, well, is he really getting away with it? What does his life look like? Has he had many partners? Is he tweeting at three o'clock in the morning? Is he rather alienated from society? Does he look healthy? I mean, what does success really look like? Probe at the questions. So many of us admire wealth enormously, but how many moral cautionary tales do we need to prove to us that what looks okay on the outside is not usually perfect on the inside? And when you live on authentic terms and you really are able to show your weaknesses and and speak openly about your own journey, you're going to feel a lot different and you're going to start valuing success very, very differently and paying attention to those who are truly successful by very, very different measures. Think about it. Who's more successful? Michael Phelps, undefeated Olympic champion, or Michael Phelps, who openly speaks about his struggles with depression?
0: Oh no question. Great, great example. Michael Phelps who speaks openly about his depression, or Absolutely. Brene Brown,
2: uh, the most successful speaker in the world, or Brene Brown who's an alcoholic who's in recovery for many years and speaks about her own struggles in her own marriage and and all the other trivialities of her life. This is a real human being, and that's very, very different from a person who's always good, everything's perfect. I'm amazing. You should have a car like mine. That that's not happiness.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. We had everything that they wanted. I mean, I was living in the biggest house I'd ever lived in, but I was sleeping in the library. <laughs> I couldn't stand my, <laughs> head. like the trappings of success. Don't believe what you're seeing on Instagram. They really, they really are unhappy.
0: Well, I think that's a huge point, and and, and one that I really hope people hear, you know, and and embrace that it's an illusion. You know, people are putting this mask on. They're putting this face on, and, and and people we'll talk about it all the time. That everyone's life looks great on Facebook and Instagram because you're going to put happy stuff out there. But that's not everything that's going on in their life, and that's not necessarily even real uh, enjoyment that they're putting out there.
2: Plus, it doesn't make sense. Life is not perfect. It is. Supposed- yeah conflict and, and challenges. It is supposed to be like that. No one's life is perfect all the time. This is an illusion and it's a terrible one. And to wit, one out of six people today is taking um, some kind of medication or, for, or antidepressant. And that's an enormous epidemic that's going on. Uh, I, I mentioned in the beginning that I love the book Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari. That book is a history of mankind. And at the end of it, after he speaks about how essentially man has risen from being a regular animal to a God. He says, so we're living like gods, but are we happy? And he shows that today you're eight times more likely to kill yourself and die that way than by any other violent act. And that's an incredible statistic. That's an unusual number. I think 48,000 people died of suicide last year in the United States and more than 60,000 from opioids. So you got to ask yourself, like, where... Where is this coming from? We're, we're killing yeah. And so it becomes very, very important to talk about happiness and very important to talk about emotional intelligence and your ability to deal with your emotions, to understand your emotions, and to live through them rather than against them.
0: So is this something that, that um, like society has put on us uh, over all of these years? Because it's sort of, I'm listening to it and I'm feeling like, okay, so women are usually pretty good about expressing their feelings. Men, not so much. I mean, they're getting better at it. but So is this the kind of thing that it just has perpetuated itself and just gotten worse and worse and worse over the years because it's this false expectation or this, this thing that we think society is putting on us?
2: I think you nailed it on the head. Um, it is a fallacy that women are more free with their emotions. They just express themselves differently. And also are selective about how they express themselves because they're trying to get something from the the revealing of the emotion. If you really meet somebody who's wide open about their lives, that's an extraordinary anomaly. And that's, that's become much more aggressive because of social media. Um, The Coddling of the American Mind by Jonathan Haidt really dives into this as it applies to youth, but we know that social media has had an enormous effect on how we live our lives, how we judge ourselves, how we judge our success. And so we are conditioned to respond to societal pressure because most of us have formed our identities through how our parents and our teachers viewed us. You were a good girl if you did X. You're a bad boy if you did Z. That's just how we're conditioned. And then we apply this to the real world, And suddenly you have people you've never met before on Instagram telling you how you should live your life, and you're responding to that. And so I end up with real superstars. I mean, people who are extraordinarily wealthy and extraordinarily successful talking to me about some influencer who is doing better than they are. Like they know anything about their life, or somebody about to go to their class reunion and hearing uh, on the grapevine on social media that uh, the average income is X and they're not quite there and they don't even wanna go to their reunion. And these are complete absurdities, but it just shows you that it's magnified um, that through which we create our own value. And below that, what lies is a really deep fear of worthlessness, of unworthiness, of powerlessness, of uh, not measuring up, and that's what needs to be fixed and that's what the work of coaching is there to do
0: okay and 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 that's with reframing what happiness really means yes and and focusing on right on on being happy not on on the achievement so and and it's important i'm assuming it that we look at this in our whole life, not just in our work life?
2: Yes, everything applies to your whole life. And I would also like to add this. For those who think that the second they turn their focus away from achievements to happiness, they'll lose their money and their stuff. Absolutely not. Get happy, get everything else. In fact, get happy, get everything on a level that you've never experienced before because you're gonna let go of what's actually holding you back. But that focus on happiness is uh, a very different shift. Most people think that they will be happy when X happens and I will teach you to get happy first and then X will happen.
0: Yeah, that, that's, a, that's an interesting thing. I, I totally get it. I think there's a lot of people who, um, who really believe that they are in the pursuit of something that is going to create happiness for them.
2: It never does. I just became friends with a, a really famous researcher named Talbin shahar who's also Israeli. And uh, he came up with the term arrival fallacy. Arrival fallacy is when you've deposited so much effort into creating this achievement that by the time you get it, you don't feel any happiness. And he found this with almost anybody, like a person who finally got their series on Netflix. One day after, they're exhausted, they're sad. It means nothing to them. So every time you think that something is really gonna make you happy, I assure you, check in with me the day after, it did not.
0: That's so interesting, I I can absolutely see that. Um, It's like, it's like the letdown of it. It's sort of, when you were talking about that, I was picturing my daughter who, when she was little, She'd be all excited for like preschool graduation or something, and then it would come, and she'd be instantly miserable.
2: It's just like okay, it, there's, there's that phenomenon that women after they get married, after the big wedding, they've built this up, built this up, built this up. They're completely depressed for an entire weekend. Of course you are. You built it up <laughs> honestly, and you thought it would be the build all, be all end all, but it never is. It never is. Look at me. I'm a day after the TED talk. The only thing I wanted to do yesterday was sleep. I was exhausted. Yeah. I've never, my whole life and sure it's very exciting but did it
0: change my life come on yeah yeah you know what okay so so but wait i have a question for you so 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 but did but do you feel i get being totally exhausted from that because there's such a ramp up to it and there's so much energy going on in it but is there a sense of um satisfaction is there is there a sense of accomplishment that that makes you feel good or is it now i'm just on to the next thing i think
2: it's a temporary dopamine high instead i'll talk to you about what really makes you happy and what made your daughter happy too the journey all the hustle the rehearsal the failure the ups the downs, the practice, the moment that you found out you got a TED talk, that's what makes this delicious. And what happens when you not, were not focused in the joy of the journey, happy now, happy now, happy now, and instead are focused at only happy when it's happened and afterwards, you are depriving yourself of the great joy of living. We did not come here. None of us came here for the creations or for the arrivals or for the moments. We came here for the creating and for the arriving and for the building. And so when Joseph Campbell said the joy is in the journey, he kind of knew what he was talking about.
0: Boy, no kidding. Yeah. Was yeah. It... Yeah. I mean, this is interesting because I keep thinking about, um, like I wrote a couple books and once I'd finished writing the book, I was done. Yeah. I, I You know, I, I didn't, I, I felt fine. I felt good. I did it. I accomplished it. That's great. But I didn't feel like, now I had to do all of these things with it for it to be valuable. I, I'd done it. I'd accomplished my goal. I felt satisfied. And, and I wanted to move on to the next thing. <laughs> Just yeah. go find something else to do. Yeah. I don't and know what that is.
2: Most of the things is, and, and you know, it's totally normal because our real, our real nature is to expand. Our, our number one, I can promise you that there are many hallmarks of what makes us happy, but the number one thing that I see is, progress or growth i can guarantee you that if you don't see yourself as a little bit better off this year or a little bit more advanced this year versus you were last year you'll feel rather unhappy and so yeah. the question of that growth is very very critical and so the problem is if you're tied into a comfort zone if you're afraid of making a mistake if you're not really going for it in your life if you're really not making the big improvements that will actually make a tangible difference to your happiness you're not going to be happy And it is our nature to expand. And because it's our nature to expand, another thing is, another corollary is that, it's like I always say to people, because so many people say, I want more money. Okay, I promise you that when you get the more money, and you will, you'll want more money. It's normal, It's not greed, it's expansion.
0: Oh, so you're never satisfied.
2: Yeah, and isn't that a great thing? That's called being alive.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: And you can be extremely satisfied in the process. I'm satisfied now. I'm satisfied now. I'm satisfied, Diane, every single time I eat a sandwich. Doesn't need to startle me. I really enjoy the eating of sandwiches. Just, you know, you always want to try a new sandwich.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right. That's just experience. It's just putting your focus in a different place. It's not on the, on the, um, it's on it sounds to me like it's on living in the moment and being in the experience. And yeah. and having the experience not being so tied to the outcome.
2: That's that's of course the number one principle of Buddhism and absolutely spot on. But it's very yeah. hard. And most of us are living in the past or we're living in the future. Yeah. Or we're living on Instagram.
0: Yeah. Right. Okay. Talk to me about the difference between self-esteem and self-acceptance.
2: Well, this is a very critical distinction and I'm really glad you brought it up. It'll help a lot of people with the understanding of perfectionism as well. Uh, The big issue with uh, overachievers, the reason they don't identify themselves as unhappy is because they are achievers, right? They have achievements. And that means they have self-esteem in spades. They have confidence in spades. My argument, and so is Kristen Neff's, and so is Brene Brown's, is that self-esteem is not worth very much. And here's why. Self-esteem depends on two things. Your achievements, and based on those achievements, your ranking of yourself vis-a-vis your society. Now here's the problem with that. People are flaky, achievements are flaky, And things go wrong all the time. So what will happen when you, I don't know, gain 15 pounds or don't get the approval of your peers? Your self-esteem marches right out the door, right? Yeah. And so self-esteem will abandon you. In very stark contrast, self-acceptance or self-love or self-worth is a knowing that you are valuable regardless of your achievements and an ability to forgive yourself for being human and not perfect. And if you are in that zone, you will have a lot of self-confidence because you really inherently understand your value, but you'll also be unmissable with
0: it. Wow. I love that. Yeah.
2: It's kind of easier said than done though.
0: <laughs> yeah. No kidding.
2: A lot of people really do believe that they have a lot of self-love, but I mean, you just ask yourself basic questions. Are you still jealous of other people? Um, are you still wondering what your life's purpose is? Are, are you feeling dissatisfied? Are you completely obsessed with the outcome of something? And I assure you, if you are honest with yourself and you still come up with the answer yes to those questions, you're in the land of self-esteem.
0: And it's okay. It's so, not- so, yeah, but so is there like a self-talk you do? Like, what do you do? How, how do you walk yourself out of that?
2: The exact same um, tips that I gave before for overcoming, overachieving from shooting you in the the foot apply here. The principle one of them is start speaking to yourself more kindly. Um, Start accepting that the self-esteem critic in your head is a bully and is not telling you the truth and that you are worthy beyond belief and so is everybody else. Because of your inherent humanity and because of your inherent ability to show strength, not weakness, through vulnerability. The second thing that I offer here, actually, as a tangential corollary, is stop the comparisons immediately. I think anybody who's ever achieved anything fantastic in their life knows that you can't give a rat's derriere about what anybody else is doing because it's through their perspective and it's about their trajectory, but it's extraordinarily important to emphasize this. Um, In the context of overachievers and bullying yourself. Just because somebody looks better off on Instagram does not mean they're actually better off. You know nothing about that person's real life. And you should do you. And also, (laughs) just because another person is achieving on a great level doesn't mean that you need to compare to them. Madonna, I don't think, ever looked at Prince in 1987 and thought, man, his concerts are way cooler than mine. I think I should adjust. No. No. They were both musical prodigies, right? And they did yeah. And when you understand that you have your gifts and they have their gifts, you will celebrate other people's success. You will be inspired by it, not freaked out and bullied into a corner.
0: That, that is um, so great. I, I think one of the huge things I'm taking away from this is, um, you you know not comparing yourself to others like everyone's got their road everyone's got their thing just because someone else is achieving doesn't mean that's having any sort of impact on your ability to achieve like good for them now go do whatever you're supposed to do you don't it's not like they're preventing their their achievement is preventing you from being able to do the same
2: and I think probably just one other thing that I would say is don't mind what anybody else is saying either. Everybody has their own. Yeah. Opinion. Like when I started this business and I started posting videos on YouTube of myself in you know exercise clothes talking about happiness, most of my former corporate friends, because I was a corporate for seventeen years, thought I'd lost the farm. One friend offered me money. One friend offered <laughs> me to come back. And a lot of people made fun of me, and I it really made fun of me. Like I know that and. I thought, well, it's okay, that's understandable, but I love what I'm doing, and I'm really enjoying this, and I believe I'm fantastic at it, so I'm just going to keep it up. If you can learn how to do this for yourself and to honor your own desire in spite of everything that's going on around you, you will find happiness.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm totally with that. Wow, Karen, I, I just, I love all of this. I am so grateful uh, to have you join me and have this conversation. It, it's just, it's um, uplifting. It's empowering. I, it just it is one of the best conversations I have had the opportunity to have in so long. And will you tell the listeners, you know, how they can find you, what you've got going on, how they can find your TED Talk?
2: Sure, with immense pleasure. First of all, I wanted to say, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing people a huge service by helping them to accelerate their business growth. Everybody needs this. So many small businesses need this help and need these free resources. And it's incredible generosity. So good on you. I can be found at kareneldad.com. And my name is spelled with two E's. So it's K-E-R-E-N-E-L-D-A-D.com. I'm the host of the coached podcast, which is a call in where people can ask questions and get them answered by a coach. And uh, you can also find me on Instagram at, at coach Karen or Facebook slash live with enthusiasm.
0: Right on. Well, thank you so much. And listeners, I, I really hope that you are embracing all of the fantastic information that you are getting today and listen to this one a couple of times cuz I think this keeps us on the, the road we need to be on. I know I'm going to listen to it several times. I would also like to thank our sponsor. To get a free trial of audible.com as well as a free audiobook, just go to audibletrial.com/businessgrowth to sign up. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because...